What's up ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Diva La Revolution. This week on Diva La Revolution, I am joined by Gary Green. Hello, Gary. Hello, Will. First thing we're going to be talking about is there was a particular DVD, and I mean the name itself, Divas Undressed. Yep. What What was your first uh, first thoughts? I mean, you spotted the DVD case before I even um, brought it out to show you. So, I mean, what mm-hmm. What did you think? Did you think I? So I remember seeing the DVD case just in my peripheral. I assumed you had accidentally left it out. <laughs> <laughs> from your secret stash I wasn't going to say anything and then I realised oh this is the wrestling DVD you were expecting smooth jazz it was softcore so there was kind of a set of extras they were the reason anyone bought them and it was the Divas as they are currently known which we'll get to in a minute and it was their photo shoots for WWE magazine and they were doing a feature on each of the divas um over a set amount of time so the one that i chose for you to begin with gary was stacy keebler mm, it was and now stacy keebler for the wrestling fans they probably will remember her as the long-legged secretary of vince mcmahon anybody who is not a wrestling fan think of you as stereotypical barbie doll kind of thing though i would say she's very thin very long legs yep she she looks like a porn star the, the other interesting thing for people who aren't wrestling fans is that she couldn't wrestle. <laughs> she knew about three or four moves by the time she left, but she couldn't wrestle whatsoever and brought in as eye candy and as a model. It was an era of women's wrestling where your looks would get you employed rather than your ability. And I think this photo shoot and the video of said photo shoot very much cashes in on that. So what, what did you think about the things that she was saying during the photo shoot guy well you know they were just your stereotypical inane vapid responses from any kind of you know model photo shoot that that you would watch say on zoo magazine's youtube channel for instance they're not saying anything of that of actual merit which is fine you don't have to be a chomsky and also take your clothes off but it was just absolutely clear what this dvd was trying to achieve and that was to appease the male fan base And as someone who actually worked at Zoo magazine for a couple of weeks, I can say firsthand what those photo shoots and events, how they work, sadly. And it's just troubling to see a corporation such as WWE delivering this kind of content in this way. I mean, it was bad enough at Zoo. And to have it from something you you would want to respect is very troubling. So the editing, obviously you're very interested in film and um, this is one of the main reasons that I brought you on as a guest on the podcast, Gary, is you'll have kind of more of an eye um, than my other guests for the edit and structure of the DVD. It's so overt what, what it's doing. For instance, there's zero talk of wrestling. I would have watched that. And I wouldn't have known she was a wrestler from... Exactly. There's a weird kind of respect I have for the makers of this DVD extra that they knew exactly what they were doing, what they wanted to achieve, and they did achieve that. And the splice in edits about her talking about wrestling would just kind of be a lie because that's not why they were doing the photo shoot. No one was watching that photo shoot to get any insight on wrestling. 
especially not from her. In direct contrast to this, we've got our next um, photo shoot, and I picked this one because I just thought it was fascinating in terms of the way that they they treat. And th this is on the same DVD, this photo shoot. Exactly the same DVD, exactly the same segment. Um, in fact, as you'd, if you played it as a whole, uh, this would come midway through the DVD, which I think is possibly their way of trying to hide it. <laughs> to describe her, she is an athletic woman who has curves. Her name is Molly Holly. And now Molly Holly came from a wrestling family, a uh, very well-known wrestling family of Bob, who is also known as Hardcore Holly, and Hardcore being a reference to the wrestling style, not the porn. And, and um, he had his brother Crash Holly, and then they later brought in Molly, um, who was very much part of this no-nonsense wrestling family, and you can tell that she wanted to be considered a legitimate competitor. As she should. And there seems to be a lot of choices that she's made, or I would assume it's her that's made them, where she is not wanting to flaunt her sexuality, and she's having to pay service to these schemes that the WWE have, photo shoots and other such things, but she yeah. does it in her own way. Also, this photo shoot is interspersed with actual wrestling clips. In fact, the majority of her section of this DVD is just a Talking Heads interview with her on screen, and definitely less than half is actually skin. Yeah, I, even down to her outfits. Her outfits was a pajama set, which you'd see a ninety-year-old man wearing it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't that compelling. No, it's pinstripe pajamas. It, it was. You know. But she, she still looked great. Yeah, I mean, she she looked pretty. She looked good, and she proved that you know you didn't need to be lying there with a thong and having your butt out to do it. But the thing is, is the WWE they saw her as fat. They saw her as something to be mocked. The, even the character was a prude and her character on stage as you know a prude is very much made distinctive from her real life person as she talks about in this talking heads interview whereas if we go back and look at stacy's photo shoot she is just playing the character or maybe she's playing herself maybe she's but either way it's the same thing it's the same entity that we're witnessing with her there's no free, there's no three dimensions to her whereas this molly character there is the final thing um, to mention about Molly Holly is she even shouts out other female wrestlers. This again, it's something that I don't I don't see being done in Stacey's whatsoever. She never talks about her fellow competitors, and it's something that really sets it apart. She she talks about the male wrestlers and the female wrestlers, and then uh, she talks about Trish Stratus, who we're we're going to get to uh, in a particular <laughs> in a particularly troubling match. And then she speaks about what um, a diva means to her. Now, Molly described it as somebody who was cute and cuddly, uh, had a good sense of humour, and, and these kind of things. But, Gary. Yes, well. If I said to you the word diva, what do you envision? I envision a drag queen. <laughs> In 2017, that is what I envision when you say the word diva see that's interesting because for me i actually thought of uh like paris hilton or or somebody like that somebody oh who, absolutely um air, airhead uh, it's all of these words that you know are, are it's not going to be flattering but it's your typical hollywood blonde bimbo i would think i guess so like stacy maybe 
Yeah, I think Stacy is like the equivalent of what I would call a diva, or what wrestling would want you to think a diva was at mm. this point. Um, it was Stacy and then Trish in particular because she had a rather large chest. But I mean, the fact is, is Trish, Trish Stratus could wrestle. Um, and she could put on a hell of a match. A key distinction. I've discussed this with other wrestling fans. We were coming to this point in modern day wrestling that started having this concept called the Divas Revolution. One of the things that we were talking about back when the Divas Revolution started was having two separate constructs where you'd have women wrestlers and you'd have Divas. And if WWE wanted to go ahead and do their underwear shoots, their thong-a-thongs, their swimsuit competitions. They could do that. They could have the female models to do that because, let's face it, the sex industry sells and there's advertising companies doing exactly the same thing as they'd be doing at that point. Alongside this, I think you need to have women wrestlers and people who are respected for their wrestling craft and that is why I think Molly Holly really is standing out to me within this because she was a strong female competitor as a wrestler and she was refusing to do the diva stuff. So moving on, we're going to be talking about wrestling matches now. That's what wrestling's about. That's it. (laughs) You'd think. And you had to go to the extras to find any wrestling whatsoever. Which Uh, is amazing. So we've got a championship match. Now, at this point, it's still called the women's title. So there is, uh, at least they're not calling it Divas wholeheartedly yet. They're calling them Divas, but at least the belt's the women's belt. Yeah, it's not the official title as of yet, I'm assuming. No, what it's doing is that's still carrying the brevity of the belt and the history that's been behind it. So I think it's important that we mention that, and that was the one thing that really, that they had kept this going. They fought in a match, and it was your traditional short women's match. But what was it called, Gary? I believe it was called bra and panties now for those people out there that didn't quite hear that that was bra and panties match once more together bra Bra and and panties panties. now the incredibly complex rules of this match gary i'm not sure if i could even explain it in an hour podcast can you well as luck should have it i can throughout the match they strip off and something happens, and one of them wins. Uh, you're close, you're close. They have to strip each other off. Oh, of course, that's the competitive spirit. That's the competitive spirit. You need to strip your opponent down to her bra and panties. So, the, during the match, um, and very short match it being, when I go back and analyse it, the thing that fascinated me with this was the commentary. And the, Oh, the commentary. Now, it, it's, a, it's a common trope in WWE to not talk about the match at all. It's a common trope to talk about their sponsors or other things going on in the show, building up the main event. The storyline, even. Now, but what happens is that they will take moments to kind of go, oh my God, look what's going on in the ring. So we can talk about WWE commentary till the cows come home. But what's interesting with this, they, they, they hardly even mention that there's a match going on apart from the bits where they kind of go mental when um, the, the women are starting to tear the clothes off. Mm-hmm. When they do... They, they become giggling schoolboys. That's it. And, and they start whooping and hollering. And there was even a, one or two Freudian slips in there as well, I noted. <laughs> and it was embarrassing for me, it's embarrassing for him, and just kind of cuts right to the core of what this entire match has been engineered to be, which is male wish fulfilment. And nothing more. 
Have you also noticed, Will, how these matches kind of very much rely on gay female fetishization? Oh, yeah, no, no, there's been a lot of that. It was AJ Lee who used to pin women in a provocative way, but she was actually stopped from doing that just because of the era they were in. They were in the PG era. Um, but I think she would have done phenomenally well in uh, the Attitude Era, along with Mickey James, who did the, did a Donald Trump move. What, you mean as in destroyed Donald Trump in that move that I've seen as an internet meme many times? Uh, no, but she grabbed a fellow competitor by a certain area. Oh, that's what you mean. And then uh, ah. held her hands up in a Churchill sign and licked between them. That's what every British person <laughs> would love to see right now. <laughs> Again, the thing that's fascinating about that is if you go onto WWE's network and you search for the show, they've actually edited that bit out. How so? Um, it, it's, As it's, in it's just completely gone? It's completely gone. It's not been re-edited, it's just, it's just been gutted. Like, they, they've cut that out from the match. Now, that is interesting. And so it seems I mean, to... It, it's progression in the way, but it's progression via self-editing, which I don't think is the right way to go. No, but at least they're kind of taking knowledge of... There's an acknowledgement there which, hey, maybe that's the right step in the direction. It might not be the right step, but at least it's a forward step, which I think is great. I mean, there's the general public and their views of sexualization in wrestling, and then there's the fans' views, and I think it would be the fans' differing changing perceptions through time that'll, you know, twist W.E.'s hand. Well, the, the thing that's... So do you think it's the fans that are, you know, catching up? No, I think the fans have been ahead of the game for a long time. So it's W.E. that are trying to catch yeah, up? W.W.E. never listen to their fans. Ah. Uh, they're always on the back foot with it. They make their money because there's no competition. Mm. So moving forwards with this, um, we've got Layla versus Nikki Bella versus Brie Bella for the Divas Championship. Um, starts off in the ring with Brie and Nikki Bella pushing each other about and mm. all this kind of stuff and then Layla's entrance comes in now Layla's entrance is they, they play the whole of her entrance she comes down with the Divas Championship belt and that entrance lasts longer than the entire match I believe so I think the, the, the entrance lasted longer than the match for sure and the match lasted 5 seconds it, it was about that. It's actually uh, the shortest match in Divas history, so I, I do give that as full <laughs> full disclosure. Um, but the, the the thing with this is, it wasn't it wasn't unheard of for there to be this tiny tiny amount of allotted time for women's wrestling. There is no wrestling. It was actually considered by many to be what's known as a, the toilet break match. You're sitting there for three hours or two hours during a show. Um, you need time to go and get a beer or go and get a hot dog. So then they throw together a bunch of divas, put them in the ring for four minutes, and then by the time they've done their thing, you, you'll have gone, got your beer, had a pee, and come back. So, Will, are you trying to say that an entire diva sequence in the show was timed meticulously to the urine cycle? I, I genuinely think they probably would have done that. They They would have known, like, okay, this is how long it will take to go and buy a beer, that's probably more. It's more about the monetary value. I, I meant it as a joke, but I'm glad we're looking into it in such detail, Bill. No, I, I think it is something that they clearly seen because that's how little yeah, they I, valued the women. I, I, I would not I would not put it past them for them to actually analyse that kind of stuff. So, yes, a fair point. 
now the thing with this match is wait who wins um because I forgot completely. Yeah. <laughs> it was that forgettable. Layla retains her championship. Um, the purpose of it was to forward a storyline. Now, it was this one of these rare moments that there was actually a storyline with women's wrestling, and it wasn't, here's the women, all the women, they're going to do a swimsuit competition. Um, Way! And short, short matches are a way that you can forward this storyline and how... Oh, you screwed me over for the belt because you got in my way. Or Thrilling exposition there. The fact that when your average match is under four minutes, you can't forward a storyline now. That's the thing that... I mean, it's it's barely scripted, let's be honest. So now what we're doing is we're going to go on to a different uh, DVD that I, I showed you, Gabby. And it's actually a different wrestling company. Uh, the company called TNA. An unfortunate name. One of the things that I found about this is the fact that a company is called TNA. Obviously, this is meant to stand for tits and ass. And what? <laughs> and WWE or WWF at the time had a tag team with Trish Stratus called Test and Albert and called that TNA. Blimey. Now, now that clearly was there just to give you a cheap laugh and the fact that, oh, yeah, Trish, she's got a big chest, so tits and ass. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha, indeed. But the thing that I found fascinating is the company that calls itself TNA treats its women with far more respect than. WWE. That is evident in its uh, DVD content and everything about them, really. What what we did was I put in a DVD and I allowed um, all of my guests to view the opening kind of sequences of the DVD. In all of the promotions of the matches, you had men fighting men and then you had the women fighting women and it was all spliced together. It wasn't as if... Yeah, it's far more inclusive. There wasn't a sudden gap where, and you weren't looking for the women's matches. They were all there on all, every single one of those DVDs, mm. barring the bloodiest matches, which I don't blame them. No, and and not only was there no real distinction in all these trailers and cutting uh, between the male and the female sexes, um, it was very very multiracial as well, wasn't it? Oh yeah, no, they, it was it was brilliant. We've got Awesome Kong, who's a black woman. We've got. O- ODB who <laughs> Gary thought was a, a transgender which does exist in Mexican wrestling um, but actually she's just a really butch woman um, and then we've got the white traditional thievery women and we've got Gail Kim who's Asian now the the one thing that really sets these women apart is they can all wrestle absolutely and um, the other thing the construct of size now we've got Molly Holly over in WWE, who is being mocked because, in her words, because I have a big behind. Now, describe Awesome Kong for me. Was she the awesome one? She was the the one who took everyone out. She destroyed an entire ring of people. She (laughs) was absolutely fantastic and great to watch. A great character, a great performer, and she was on the plus size side. She she is a woman who... um, Which is great. Good for her. I think she's about 180 pounds. She's m- massive. Um, and 180 pounds of pure awesome. She's leading this wave of wrestlers. The, the issue with this is there's only so many that I can count where we go. Awesome Kong, Klondike Kate, China, Beth Phoenix, um, Nia Jax, and Viper. That's six women that I can think of who have been that size now obviously it's an athletic competition so size 
does hinder you at a certain point. But when it comes to wrestling, you know, <laughs> the more you have of you, maybe the better you'll uh, you'll succeed. But the the other thing is, all of these women were billed as absolute monsters, and they're always billed as bad guys, which is a shame. Obviously, something to be scared of is a woman that could manhandle a man. And, and your heroes are girls who look very, you know, who, who very much adhere to the uh, conventional beauty side of things. Shorter than most men have conventionally aesthetically nice curves, etc., etc. Most of them are blonde as well. Apart from in this particular match where Gail Kim is small and Asian mm. um, she doesn't look as if she's going to be causing like a massive problem what I liked about it is they kind of brushed over the fact that she was like a strong uh, dominant woman and, and Kong was like controlling the match really strongly but you never felt as if the commentators were hung up on her size. It was all used to enhance that is true. the match. And that, talking about the commentating in general, they were talking about the match the entire time. Which is a, was a complete surprise to me. There was none of this talking about who she might have slept with or, oh, look at those legs or, oh, look at this. It was, wow, look at how dominant this woman is. Look at how ferocious she's being. During the match, she gets disqualified and then she beats up the male referee she then beats up the next woman that comes into the ring. She Then another uh, woman comes down with a steel chair. <laughs> and she punches through the steel chair and punches that into her face. Women using weapons in wrestling wasn't was hardly heard of. Mm. And they were pushing these boundaries and they were making this happen. Um, it's a much, much better role model. If you were to have a daughter... I'd show her her. So now it's all it's all doom and gloom currently for WWE. At this also, point. I would show my son her as well. Yeah. More yeah. importantly, yes, probably. Yeah, just because, you know, you, it shows... F- fight like a girl. <laughs> like, that that's the thing. She she fights like a girl, and she fights <laughs> hard. And she destroys everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's all looking like doom and gloom here for the WWE. So far, we have torn them apart with the way that they've treated women. And then came around the Divas Revolution. Now, we previously discussed what the word diva means to you, Gabby. What I want to do, though, is I want to show you the championship that they were fighting over. I'm going to take a quote here from Chris Jericho. Drink it in, man! Mm. What do you think? So right now I'm looking at the Divas Championship belt. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, and... um... Do you remember the car from Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill Volume 1, by any chance, that Uma Thurman's The Bride commandeers? <laughs> it's called the Pussy Wagon, and it looks like this, basically. It's horrendous. It's so garish. So It's unbelievable. We, we are looking at a rhinestone pink butterfly belt. Which is obviously has obviously been designed by men. That's what girls like. Uh, clearly, it's it's effectively a tramp stamp, isn't it? It's your t- traditional tramp stamp. <laughs> it really is. It, it's what... Um, and the writing of the divas, it's done in a very effeminate way. It's done in this kind of swooping lettering. The, si- the, the general symbology of it kind of looks like a butterfly, I guess. Because, again, that's what girls like. And, of course, the thing with this is the fact that this took... This replaced... The women's belt, the women's title and this title were uh, both used for a while. And then they did a belt for belt match. And this one 
amalgamated the women's title and this title together. So we're all adults here. We all know that wrestling is scripted. That was a conscious decision by WWE to choose this belt over the historic women's belt and all the history that held. And I just think that's sickening. It's tragic. So moving on. Let's move on. Let's move away from our... our Please, let's do. So now we have the new women's belt. Uh, Now, what do you think of this guy? It looks pretty good. It looks as good as any wrestling championship belt is going to look to me. But I would not say that this is meant for, you know, women or men, really. It just is a kind of pretty classical um, design. Uh, there's nothing about it that I think kind of screams one gender or another. All it says to me is wrestling. Yeah. And the only thing really that makes that lets you know that this is the women's belt is there is a small writing on the bottom left that says women's champion. Oh um, yeah. That, that's along the bottom there. But I mean, it is really unobtrusive and it, it doesn't make it much difference. Now let me show you the male belt. It's, it's scarish, but um, <laughs> not sexist scarish. But the main thing, really, for me, is it's exactly the same. As the Universal Champion belt. Yeah, this is the Universal Champion belt that we're looking at. Um, There is the uh, World Heavyweight Champion as well. and all Which is a a lovely blue colour. All we see here is that they're they're different coloured belts, but the women's belts are exactly the same. They look exactly the same as these belts. And I think that's fascinating, is the fact that They've actually given the respect so much to the women now that they are fighting for the same belt. And this really is what it should have been like all along. Absolutely. This all came about through the uh, Divas Revolution. But, I mean, they they ended up dropping that because the whole failing for me was the fact that they used the word Divas throughout the entire thing. Yeah, it's kind of retrogressive. Coming from this, we have the final match, which was Sasha Banks versus Bailey mm-hmm. in an Iron Man match. Now, wrestling, um, an Iron Man match is traditionally an hour long, and there is very, very few people that can do this. Most wrestling matches go for about eight minutes, but these two women go for a full half an hour, and it is a full half an hour of absolute incredible wrestling. And they are really, really going for it. They come in and they look pretty and they're, they're doing their thing. But they come out and it looks as if they've been through a war. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely agree. The the other thing that I love about it is the the introductions. Um, Bailey, I don't think there's a better role model for young women than Bailey with the, the wacky waveling inflatable unflailing tube men that she, she hugs. She's clearly the <laughs> good girl... Or good guy in this circumstance, and Sash is the bad one um, who comes out and look, doing um, all the evil stuff. An interesting point with Bailey hugging the uh, inflatable flailing men. It actually is a chance that we haven't seen for women in wrestling to show off their comic side. Yeah, they they at this point the women are having a personality and they've got their own dedicated entrances which we've never seen before. It's almost as if they have. Real personality and three dimensions. This is something that's really making them stand out when they come into the ring. It's something that, you know, Triple H, who's one of the most famous wrestlers in the world, he would come out and he'd spray water out of his mouth and there'd be lights in a particular fashion and all this kind of stuff. And it really is treating the women as big superstars as him, which is phenomenal. Um, Should have been 
how it was the entire time. The commentators are talking again about the match and they are not talking about anything else. This is the main event of the pay-per-view. The only criticism I have with this match is it was the main event of a pay-per-view on the development program. It wasn't a main event on the main show. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to agree there. Now, there has been a women's match headline Raw, but there's yet to be a women's match headline the pay-per-view, and I think that is where the progression goes from here. Um, once we see a women headline the pay-per-view, which I think is, is not far off, um, I think that's where we're going to ha- see a really good turn, and we're going to see them treated almost as equally as the men. We hope so. <laughs> we hope so. So during the Divas Revolution, three of the women from NXT's women's division were brought up to the main roster. One, as aforementioned, Sasha Banks that we've spoken about. One was the daughter of Ric Flair, Charlotte Flair. And one was Becky Lynch, who's from Ireland. They were brought up and they were immediately put into groups. So you had Team Bad, which Beautiful and Dangerous, which hilariously contained the worst wrestlers. Uh. Um, we had the Team Bella because it was Brie Bella and Nikki Bella that we spoke of before, the twins, Mm -hmm. and Alicia Fox. Sasha Banks was in Team Bad with Tamina and Naomi. And then we had the Submission Sorority, which contained Becky Lynch, Paige, who's from England, she's from Nottingham, Ah. and um, Charlotte. Now, Gary, I just got you to Google Submission Sorority. You did. Can you just say the title of the website, I think, would help? Okay, so the website of the first thing xvideos.com website of second link xvideos.com and then the third link just say the title of the link WWE to rename submission sorority after porn link how how did this get through WWE's marketing um, probably because they put as much care into their marketing as they did their script writing during some of the uh, Diva shows I I I'm fascinated by this. I'm thinking, like, you know, they've come up with these names and they're like, oh, this sounds amazing. Did nobody think to Google it? Did not one single person think? Clearly not. Maybe let's check, you know, even for copyright purposes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, e- even for copyright purposes and going, oh, let's just check and make sure that we're not ripping somebody else off. No, let's immediately roll out something which is going to start off a movement going to start off something that is massive and something that we want to cause real social change that we are so dedicated to caring about that we can't bother to Google the name of the team. It's a staggering oversight. I think that's the corporate speak for it. It it really shows their lack of care, even though they're trying to make they're trying to appease people and they're saying that you know we're, we're actually going to be treating women properly we're going to be doing this whole thing called the divas revolution we're going to be doing this yeah it's going to be amazing we're going to be treating women properly let's name one of them after a porn fetish <laughs> that's my that is my official reply because you'll either laugh or cry and i choose to laugh they were shortly named pcb after this which is Paige charlotte becky which i think is a terrible name that's a really well. boring name i won't remember it what was it again pcb what was it again? Forgot it already. <laughs> no, also, did they? Did, sh- shall, shall we Google PCB right now to see if any unwanted links come up? <laughs> PCB is kind of like it's one of those names that you make up for your team when you're in primary school because you want to all feel included and none of you feel left out. So you all take the first letter of your first name and put it in a put it in a word that makes no sense. Doesn't it? Worked for NSYNC. 
<laughs> I, I actually didn't know that. That's amazing. Ah. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Gary. I think that, my pleasure. Uh, it was definitely interesting to hear your insight uh, into this. I hope you tune back in next week. By all means, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, please comment and like below. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Tell your friends who are wrestling fans. Tell your friends who aren't wrestling fans. Like me. And you never know. They may get something out of it. And you may be able to crack open that conversation about the wonderful world of professional wrestling. And who knows? You may even entice them in through the soft porn DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I think that may be what Gary's going to be looking at from now on. He's found his new fetish of submission sorority. Right. <laughs> That's it for me, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for watching. See you soon.